Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all varieties. Welcome to the MMAniacs podcast. Nick David here with my co-host. Matt Kona. Yes, sir. We are in Side 2 Studios, where it's 347 degrees. Yes. And you can only see me from the head up because I'm not wearing a shirt. Fully naked, actually. Took the pants off, too. Yep. Just everything dangling out there in the wind. Just letting it air, everything air dry. <laughs> yeah, so. I was explaining to Matt that he doesn't have the, uh, the problem of having to deal with being fat, so, uh, he's not, he doesn't understand that trying to tie your shoes causes you to sweat. <laughs> Which is why I don't have shoelaces on my shoes. Oh, which yeah, Matt Kona can verify. I, I That's can, right. And verify. <laughs> you can maybe see it in the reflection of my sunglasses, which I'm also going to join you in wearing shades because that's yeah, we're just a very radio cool. guy thing to do. It's cool. It makes you feel cooler because I can't go outside without wearing shades. I can't either. It's too much. Yeah, my eyes don't deal with it at all. That's why I had two pairs of sunglasses hanging <laughs> off my shirt earlier. They were this, they were almost the exact same pair of glasses. They were just a little little tint difference. Yeah. And they were they were hanging opposite directions. I thought I was seeing double back for a to second. Back, yeah. yeah, they were hanging back to back on his neck and I was like <laughs> Why would you do that? I'm the style <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur, I guess. Now I, yeah. I dropped them outside on the porch last night, and I was in a hurry to get inside, which we won't talk about. And uh, All right. I went to go get that, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but there's plenty of MMA to talk about. I mean, you were listening to the boats this, this Yeah, episode. so I... <laughs> Nick, Nick continues to bring it to the next level in terms of odd ways to, uh, as a, a, a person who has cut the cord, to obtain... Uh, MMA uh, viewership you have to do it by somewhat streaming or downloading I mean there's always fight paths yeah so he's uh, so so Matt's alluding to the fact that I don't have cable anymore so I have to find new different ways to uh, to watch or in this case listen to the fights and what I did was I put the fights on my uh, on my iPad and I hooked my iPad to my auxiliary input in my car and then I just listened to him because obviously driving around watching an iPad uh, is probably not a good idea so frowned I just upon. Yeah, frowned upon uh, and so I just have it plugged in and I listen to the fights and I could get a gist of what's going on uh, and so that's what this this last bout this uh, UFC uh, UFC on Fox 20 I believe it was UFC on Fox 20 which was uh, Holly Holm versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko Shevchenko is it Shevchenko Shevchenko oh, I thought it was Shevlanko okay no, Shevchenko okay yeah, yeah. Shevchenko alright so that's the that's the latest uh, UFC that has happened since our last uh, and there were a lot of good fights on it. I watched. Uh, I watched most of the. Pre- I watched the UFC Fight Pass prelims because I have Fight Pass. So no matter if I have cable or not, I still can get all the Fight Pass prelims and all the uh, all the fights that happen on Fight Pass. So I watched those. I watched some of the other prelims at home, and then I got the rest of the prelims and the main card on my. I got to listen to them. Device. I listened to them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it sounds like, it sure sounds like to me that uh, Mendez 
got the shit kicked out Melendez. of him. Melendez. Melendez. Yeah. Did I say Mendez? Mendez got the shit yeah. kicked yeah. out of him by yeah. Usada. Right. <laughs> by Usada, yeah. so right. About that Melendez got the, his leg, the shit kicked out of his leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen any of it, and I haven't, I haven't oh. seen any, I haven't seen his leg, but I can almost heard. do without seeing it. It wasn't quite bruised up the way Uriah Faber's was against Jose Aldo, but it was, Clear the damage and the uselessness of it. Uh, Melendez was, I mean, he was controlling the octagon because he couldn't move. <laughs> he, he was sort of just gingerly hopping up. I, I felt like Barboza could have knocked him over and taken out the leg it, it completely, but he was giving him the benefit of the doubt. He might have been, I don't want to say easing up on the gas a, a little bit, in the closing rounds, but he had huh. clearly won. He had clearly won. Melendez had hurt him a little bit in the second round. Right. And I thought, with hope, because he was an underdog that I happened to put a little bit of money on. And we could talk more about that in the Matt Kona shouldn't be gambling section of the show <laughs> later on. But uh, you know what's you know what's amazing to me? This is amazing to me, not to cut you off, but I have been I have been Involved in mixed martial arts for so much longer than you. Oh, and wait, never, wait, wait, wait! And I've never bet on it. And you've been you've been watching it for like a year now. And you've and how how many? Well, there's how I feel many, like there's more of a culture around betting now. In, uh, in terms of even you know, on well, you have broadcast a pretty, it says well, you the have odds. a pretty good track record though too, right? I've done all right. Um, um, I feel like I'm well ahead. I'm You're up well ahead. overall. Oh, well, that's because good. really my betting only stems from my visit to Vegas. I never. Whoa! Holy shit! Whoa. What happened? There's an alarm. Oh, went my off. alarm went off. It was oh. actually here's the here, fun fact. Maybe this could be a segment. So, uh, I have the UFC rewards program, and that's how I've won free shit. Like the, I have a plaque of McGregor knocking out Chad Mendez, and, uh. and there's a piece of the octagon from UFC 189. But you get accumulate points by doing various things on UFCRewards.com. This is a total side note, but it's pretty easy. If you just go on every day, you check Twitter and Facebook and all this shit, you just get points, and eventually they accrue. So every week there's a trivia question, and it expires. It's only for Monday. It's only for a few hours. You get fifty points. Oh, Whether you answer it right or wrong, yeah. But I had already answered it, and I don't always know the right answer. But here's one I'll pose for you. Uh, the, so UFC in Vancouver is the next Fox event. We just had UFC Chicago. Uh, so the last time the UFC was in Vancouver, the main event was Junior Dos Santos versus Shane Carwin. Oh. And Shane Carwin was a replacement for which fighter? Oh. Hmm. Junior Dos Santos versus Shane uh, can I have two guesses? Sure. All right. I'm going to say... I got it on the first, but go on. No, okay. And I don't, it was uh, just a wild guess. I, my first guess was Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's it. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because nice. they, yeah, yeah, they coached against each other on the <laughs> other fighter that season. So. Oh, that's great. So, uh, And I, I thought that because of what Dos Santos... Tweeted after Lesnar's victory at UFC 200. Now wait a second. I want to see what this. If it wasn't that, what would be your second guess? Because I already have my Shane second. Velasquez. Okay, mine was Frank Mir. Uh, okay, that was my, that was my. Uh, I was gonna say Brock. If it wasn't Brock, I was gonna go with Frank mm-hmm. Mir. All right, that's good. I would just say Cain Velasquez because I know he does get injured in hard training camps, which hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, it will be a thing of the past, but uh, I sure hope so, man. I'm but regardless, ready. that was what the alarm was. So I the interruption. <laughs> um, we're talking about UFC on Fox. Uh, all the fallout, the women's bantamweight division is in chaos. What's, the, what's total, the next? I think, think Ronda has to come chaos. back. But she has to come back because that's the only thing it's going to. It's going to. The only thing it's going to. Well, I was just watching an interview with her. And it, it said it was posted on the twenty. What was it? It was the it was the twenty. Right. No, the twenty third was, was Saturday, correct? Okay, yeah. so twenty fifth, twenty. So it's the like the twenty fifth right now. So it was posted on like the twenty first, twenty second of July. That was when the article was posted, but I don't know when the video in within the article was done. But it was. Uh, you know, it was an interview with her, and she was talking about some football player that was hitting on her. There's some professional football player that was hitting on her through tweets online. Yeah. And so she was fielding. Classic. She, yeah. she was fielding the different tweets and like like answering them online. Tagging Travis Brown in them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, but she said, I-, "I just came out of camp to do this interview with you." So if that's right now, and she's just coming out of quote camp uh, to do the interview, what kind of camp is it? Yeah. Well, well what mean, other kind no, of camp is it? What other type of camp could it be? I mean, she's so, still in a training camp. Is she like already training because Nunez is ready to go? Yeah, that could be. Who knows? The but there's in the last uh, in the last four women's bantamweight UFC. Title fights. Title fights. There are four different champions in the last four UFC women's title fights. It just keeps going to the next person, going to the next person, and I think Ronda Rousey needs to come back well, that's and the- really uh, put the smackdown back on shit. Th- I think it has to be. I think it has to be building her confidence, seeing how much it's just being tossed around, and considering how dominant she was for so long, and seeing how how little these other women are able to hang on to this belt so i think the it's it's not even just at the in the championship at the top levels of the fast four champions it's the chaos in the number one contenders because mm. you have valentina shevchenko who just beat holly holm the woman who beat the woman who dethroned ronda rousey right. the only one who's even come close really uh, and, and carried it through obviously but but she has a loss to Amanda Nunez in a three round fight, in which <clears throat> I feel like there was a lot of inactivity in the first round. It could have gone either way. <laughs> round two was second. Round two was certainly uh, Nunez's, and then round three Shevchenko finally came on too a little too late. But then you have Juliana Pena who just beat. Um, Cats and Gano. Which uh, I've been trying to get her. Uh, I've sent her a couple of messages, and I they're on Facebook, and I see that she's seen them, but she's not <coughs> getting back to me. But I did, uh, uh, speaking of folks that I have been contacting on Facebook to do interviews, I did just do an interview today with Pete Williams. Um, and so we'll listen to that at the end. I didn't think it was, uh, I thought it would be maybe a 10 minute interview and it ended up uh, being 26 minutes. He's a, just a real nice guy and a good guy to talk to. And uh, I was real excited that he took the time out to, to chat with me today. So uh, you'll hear that at the end of this 
of this episode. And this episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by Team Lake of Hooks at New Hampshire. Uh, I'm not going to do a big commercial, but you'll hear the commercial at the end if you want to find out more about them. Um, but I like to... I've noticed a lot of other podcasts are just giving a little plug, and I want to give a little plug. So, you know, I know that when I listen to podcasts, when the advertisements come on the end, I shut them off. But I like <laughs> Team Lake to get there to make sure people are hearing about them. Um, and they, uh, the people have been heard. <laughs> uh, so what are your big takeaways from... What would you make for the... Say Ronda Rousey doesn't come back next. Then what? Who's, who gets the next title shot? Oh, Shevchenko. Yeah? That, you think it's a rematch? You think Juliana Pena, who is oh, undefeated yeah. in the UFC? Nah, maybe you're right. Because it's so volatile, I think maybe you're right. There. Now you get to see all the full Soak glory. Soak it in. It's got the all dramatic the full lighting. Glory. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I think you either go Pena-Nunez or Pena versus Shevchenko and let Nunez sort of have the title for a little while. Like, she doesn't need to turn around and defend it right away. Well, She's the first... I mean, she, if you think about it, and it really the media hasn't made what I, I thought would make the big deal out of the first openly gay champion in mixed martial arts history, that has been almost a non-factor in the, in the coverage of Nunez's victory, which is kind of... Crazy! It seen it was at UFC 200 on the biggest stage of them all. And perhaps it was overshadowed by the fact that the UFC was sold for four billion dollars immediately the next day, and then two events later is a, a, a women's bantamweight title that shines more spotlight on the former champion Holly Holm for defeating Ronda Rousey, and then the news kind of leaking out that Rousey wants back in. But if Rousey but the thing is, the thing that doesn't make sense to me as much is Rousey versus Nunes isn't the fight. It's almost like the UFC rolled the dice and lost a little bit because having Ronda's return be against Misha Tate as champion for the third time is what they really wanted. That's it's the only they, way the third fight would make sense. That's the well. That's what I said in one of the earlier podcasts. Like if 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 you were a conspiracy theorist and you looked at like how weird it was, like that would be the ultimate way to set up that fight, which nobody wanted to see. Yeah, nobody wanted to see. Well, it's hard Rousey to justify a third. Three. Nobody wanted to yeah. see it three, even though she was the number one contender. Nobody wanted to see that fight again, yeah. and which is why they gave it to home in the first place mm-hmm. because no, nobody because they didn't think they would sell the pay per views that they thought they should sell with Ronda Rousey as the headliner. Yeah, they thought people were not going to be as as likely to pay for that as they would against home. So that's why they gave it to her in the first place. But if, like I said, if you're a conspiracy theorist, it just it would be like the perfect setup if you ha- if you were able way, if you were yeah. able to stack the deck in your favor, and that would be the ultimate way to stack the deck in your favor. You you she loses the title, and then the woman she loses the title to loses the title to the woman that she was supposed to face three times, and then they rematch, yeah. and that makes the fight. So, right. but that's not going to happen, and and, and right. it, it would have been as much excitement over Holly rematching Ronda, but Holly rematching Ronda without the belt kind of loses that pizzazz. It, it loses the the I don't think I don't the th- sizzle. I, I think there's no way that Ronda Rousey does not I I there's Oh no Dana White has already there's said no it many way times. she doesn't come back that with not a title fight. Yeah. Rousey's not Rousey's not coming back to a fight that's not for the title. 
Yeah. They gave her the title without her doing a fucking lifting a finger. So they're not. <laughs> she's the golden boy, or the golden girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. At the same time, she said she wanted to fight for the title, but they just gave it to her when they began the bantamweight division. So through no fault of her own. Yeah, but you can deny that. it. You can deny no, it. I haven't earned this. So why don't you let me earn it? All it takes is one fight. <laughs> it only takes one fight to be the champion. There's no, there was, you know. I think it's a little bit too late to be second guessing Ronda Rousey for not. It was accepting. the same thing. It was the same thing. It was the same thing when they gave the title to Aldo. I was annoyed with that as well. But he at least was already the champion from the. Uh, well, so was she. Uh, yeah, but yeah. so was she. She was she was a strike force champion. Yeah. And he was the WEC champion. They so were they both just want champions. to start a division with the belt instead of going tournament style. I think they were just trying to get rid of the past connection to do, uh, whatever. But uh, regardless, pointless. To uh, she, she was certainly the most dominant champion of, with all those straight defenses before being dethroned at 193 um, or 190. Excuse me, not 193. She lost the title at 193. Uh, so uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen not to jump around. Uh, okay, but I've well, just, I'm jumping around. Ahead, <laughs> no, you have something else to say about her. Say it. Well, you have I'm something saying, else to say about Rousey. I'm just saying with with noon, the only way to make it exciting title fight with the current champion is against Ronda Rousey because it's a Ronda Rousey fight because it's already been proven that Ronda Rousey versus. X whoever will still sell. Right. Betch Kohea, not a very skilled fighter, but there was there was beef. There was right. pe- people were yeah, interested said, in it. Well, she people she were interested in terrible shit. So, but people were interested in it anyway, just because it was Ronda Rousey. Right. And, well, and they were interested in it because Betch Kohea mentioned said something about not killing yourself, which is you know Ronda people would have been bad. interested regardless because it was right. Ronda Rousey. Her sky, her sure. sky's the limit. Sure, I agree with that. Um, so the only way to make an Amanda Nunez... Like, you can't sell a pay-per-view on Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena, even though that's I, the, the fight to make if you're No, make- it's a co-main. Yeah. It's a co-main, you know, beneath, uh, you know, Stipe Miocic versus Cain uh, Velasquez. You know, <laughs> that's the... That, that's like a... Right. It's a solid co-main, but it's not... I agree. It's not a fight that... I mean, it's a good fight. I think Juliana Pena versus uh, versus Amanda Nunez is a good fight, but I don't think that either of them have the superstar power to carry... I mean, no. maybe they could do it on a fight pass one, or maybe a Fox... Uh, a UFC on Fox one, um, or a UFC fight night. Um, yeah, okay. But certainly not a pay-per-view. All right. Now, what? If, speaking of co-main events, uh, I think th- what you were tr- jumping towards. Or are we going back to Melendez Barboza? Uh, we just. I was just going back to the card and the fight that really stuck out to me. I didn't see what they what they the winners of any of the bonuses were, but the Allers Knight fight. Oh, that was fight of the night. Okay, because yeah, that yeah. was the. Uh, oh, granted, I didn't watch all the fights. I listened to many of them. That was fight but, pass. Did you watch? But that I one? did watch yeah. that fight, and that fight was a fucking amazing fight. Yeah, it was such a good fight. The Mississippi so, kid. So I, 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 the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, this. There's no way this can't be the fight of the night. I don't. I mean, so there's gonna have to be some amazing fight happening after this. And I never, yeah. I never watched or heard 
Uh, well, another- the Pepe fight was 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 pretty good, but this was better. It, it edged it out certainly. And fuck, Knight was just talking shit to everyone, even the Cut Man. Get that shit out of my face! Get that shit out of my face! That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to treat your wounds. <laughs> he was just so fucking pissed off. He just wanted to bang. Yeah, that was the. That was also the first time I've seen someone have to be separated when they made because he right, right, he came out, right, he came out, got right in his face. And Joe McCarthy was like, no, he wasn't having any of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was an uh, unbelievable fight. And Knight kind of, he, he tried to get back on the microphone at the end of the, the post-fight interview. But he just shouted it to the camera. He said, hey, Sean Shelby, after this cut heals, put me back in there. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he that's great. Right it's great back to in see, and fight. Yeah. It's great to see uh, some excitement in the lower ranks of featherweight, which is a division uh, largely held hostage because of the title situation at the top, and just not even that, but the pool of contenders is just kind of a merry-go-round of guys who either had their chance with Aldo, or had their chance with McGregor, or have either left the division or fought each other and are down and out. I mean, Frankie Edgar is in Nowhereville. I think he has to... Uh, Unfortunately, you're just talking about bantamweight. You said featherweight. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking about featherweight. Frankie Edgar's a featherweight, but I'm saying he has to go down to bantamweight to to get to. Did I say bantamweight? No, you said featherweight. Yeah, I'm talking about the featherweights. Frankie Edgar is a featherweight. He fought Al- Jose Aldo. Featherweight UFC 202. I'm saying he's in Nowhereville at featherweight. So his almost his only alternative is for him to try his hands at bantamweight disagree you're still looking at me real <laughs> am i it's, do you know you know that frank yeager is a featherweight correct why do you seem confused I, by com- that because i am confused frankie yeager just fought jose aldo at uc 200 in the featherweight division he's a featherweight 35 is, is is bantamweight right they fought at 145. Yeah, that's featherweight. At featherweight. Oh, yeah, okay. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, it is hot. I don't know. It's hot. Uh, it's hot. Um, <laughs> Frankie is, uh, <laughs> I mean, what is he going to do? Go up to, he's a former lightweight champion, but uh, the reason I wanted to talk about Barboza is because he's been really dominant aside from a setback against Tony, Flirp, Tony Ferguson, but it's such a log jam at the top of the lightweight chain. So, Edgar's not getting a shot at the lightweight title, even though he's a former champion. It almost seems like a lifetime ago. He is not getting a chance at the featherweight title, having just lost to Aldo. He's not going to fight... I mean, he fought Mendez. Mendez is gone. He can fight Max Holloway for another shot, but it's like he has to wait for Connor and Aldo to settle who's the champion there. So, I almost think... The dream fight is for him to drop down to bantamweight, fight Dominic Cruz. Mm. I feel like that's more likely than DJ moving up to rematch Dominic Cruz in a super fight. DJ is just coming off of an injury. He was supposed to be fighting this weekend at 201 against uh, Heiss, who's been rescheduled and sent down to the prelims on FS2. I mean, that would be the first time if he, if he, if. His trainer has come out saying that Frankie could easily make bantamweight. He, that, I feel like that would be his, his, he would have the best ratio of speed to size in that division because I feel like he's outsized definitely at lightweight oh 
He's outside at featherweight. Definitely at lightweight and probably at featherweight too. So Do you see how much bigger Aldo was than him? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like he could really you know, I mean it's the work. He's got a it's it's a lot of it's a whole different animal, but I mean I don't know. I don't know what he cuts from. I, I'm not sure uh, what yeah, he cuts it, from. Well, I'm sure he's probably uh, he probably walks around at 160 or something. Yeah, I think even less. I think probably he didn't have to cut when he was. <laughs> he didn't have to cut for champion. lightweight at all, probably. Yeah. Right. He just eats whatever whatever he wants to. Spaghetti, meatballs, uh, and pizza. Well, so just because he lives in New whatever, Jersey, I think you're kind of going a little hard on him. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that if we're if we're mapping out the if we're looking at the tops of all the divisions and the fights to make. Uh, the, because we were talking about featherweight, Knight Aylers was an exciting featherweight bout, but it sucks for young guys like Knight because they could be fighting their way up to the total 15, of the top 15 rather, but there's, there's space issues. Is he gonna fight Ricardo Lamas? Is he gonna fight Max Holloway? Is he gonna fight, uh, Jeremy Stevens? You know, these are guys that are, that have been hovering towards the top that are sort of, somewhat gatekeepers, but I think that would be a great fight. I think Knight versus Stevens would be an outstanding slobber knocker. It, it it may not even go past the second round if that happened. But with the chaos at the top of the division, that's what I'm saying. I think Frankie needs to take this time and go out because he's not going to fight for a title next. He would just end up fighting against someone that he doesn't match up well against at all, like Max Holloway. And I don't think that goes so well for him. I don't know. I, I, I think Holloway has looked so good. He's been on an unbeaten streak since losing to McGregor. Well, the question is, how many times can he climb the ladder to get back? Like, how many times do you have to put those that five, six, seven fight win streak together? How many times can you do that? I mean, that's he's done it a lot. Yeah, he said two shots at the featherweight championship. One was an interim championship most recently. Uh, I mean, he had the lightweight. He kept it for a while and lost it. I think the just as a bet, uh, it may may be a a very niche thing for people to pay attention to, but just to to see the footwork of Dominic Cruz against the footwork and hand speed of Frankie Edgar would be phenomenal. I think that would be a really exciting... And you could even classify that as a super fight because this is a guy that was the former lightweight champion now fighting at bantamweight and still maybe even being the smaller guy. I mean, Dominic Cruz is a big bantamweight. <laughs> he is. He is. I, I met him in person and I felt like... I didn't feel like I was talking to a small guy. I felt like I was talking to a guy that could probably kick my ass yeah you know yeah yeah I mean, like i feel like if i was standing next to like uh, mighty mouse johnson i'd be like i could just squish you <laughs> <laughs> but i felt like standing next to dominic cruz like yeah he could probably kick my ass he is uh yeah so i don't know what, what do you see at the the if you to make the next move in featherweight, I mean, we're basically we're waiting on two of, two or two to happen because then you see if McGregor is injured, will Aldo be the next fight? You probably it, say that it is because I assume that it will be, unless Alvarez gets his wish. But I almost think that a, a lightweight title shot on the way down from a welterweight rematch is not the fight to make, especially when you've got. Habib 
Nurmagomedov. <laughs> you can never I say can his never name right. It's it. so funny. It, <laughs> it's like Nurmagomedov. 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 It just takes you a little bit of warming up. You just gotta get it. You gotta say Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. So we need to go to a live event again. Is it gonna be? I've had. Let me just interrupt you for a second. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of fun when we've gone to live events. Yeah, I feel like every time we go to a live event again soon because it's a lot of fun. Well, I think there's. A I feel like we need a road trip uh, before September. We're we're going to we're going to. Oh, yeah. uh, in September. Did you book your flight? Yeah, I haven't booked my flight because I'm flat fucking broke. I have I'm so. It's a one hundred dollar flight, dude. I don't have a hundred dollars. Right. I'm okay. telling you right now. Right. I'm. I've never been more broke in my life. It, uh, well, anyways, whatever. I'm not gonna. Okay. Whatever. I'm not gonna bore you with all this shit. There's in a here. Kickstarter so in I the comments. Just don't, there's, a, there's a Kickstarter to help yeah. me get my hundred dollar fucking plane ticket to go to the UFC. Yeah. Um. So we're going to see we're going to the UFC. Yeah, but there's uh, there's some events coming up. Uh, in, uh, CES, I believe, is having some stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I normally work on Fridays, but we'll see. We'll work it out. It is fun to road trip because there are usually high drinks that get get gotten into. That are yeah, we always to, have like, fun. a Benny Hill uh, Get chased by <laughs> coppers. <and laughs> oh, so we got a comment. Oh. When I saw the little picture before Washington, thought you were Ryan Dunn. Rest in peace. Nope, I'm not Ryan Dunn, but... Uh, <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> uh, Who's watching you? That Someone, uh, I don't know. I didn't huh. see the name. I'm sorry. Huh. I apologize. Is it somebody that you know? If you want, Nick will kick me in the balls. It's someone that oh. follows me on <laughs> Periscope. All right, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go stick some snakes up our butt, and then uh, and then and then fart flames. Oh man! Okay, burnt snakes. Burnt pubic hair from anal farts. Oh god. Anal farts from are anal probably farts. the best farts, right? <laughs> if, you, if you think about it. The most they're, satisfying. They're the number one fart. They're the right? number one fart, Armpit for sure. farts are pretty good. Like, yeah, I don't that's, probably, that's probably too number two. armpit fart. Uh, so, yeah, they probably armpit fart probably sounds really <laughs> nasty. <laughs> so, okay, listen, let's... Uh, there's, I mean, there's stuff to talk about. UFC 201 is this weekend. I don't think... It's certainly the uh, hangover card... Because it's, it's it's tough. Here's the, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that the uh, the home Shevchenko Shevchenko, Shevchenko ca- card gets more views than UFC 201. Probably it's free free TV. No way. Yeah, because there was like 2.5 million viewers at, at one point. Mm. The card itself isn't that bad. There's not a lot I know going on aside from the early fight pass main event. Uh, I, I only know Michael Graves from The Ultimate Fighter, and he's been undefeated in the UFC since going up the ranks. Of course, okay, Rose Namajunas. No, I'm talking about from. Uh, oh, oh, oh! You're talking going from yeah, the yeah. bottom up. From yeah. the bottom up, uh, there's not a lot of interest until you get to the the main events and the co-main events of the FS2 precards. You got Ross Pearson making a quick turnaround against uh, Gamebred Jorge Masvidal, so that should be an, uh, an exciting action fight. And then you got uh, middleweight mania of Nikita Krylov versus Ed Herman. And the short fuse. Yeah. So th- th- I think that will be an exciting fight. Yeah, I've always been a big Ed Herman fan. And Nikita Krylov kind of fights with a, a reckless abandon, and anything can happen. Fights, uh, fights, punches, chokes, strikes. Uh, a, a good, dirty mixture of what could be... Uh, Sloppy but very 
scrappy, exciting fight. So, so that's that's on FS2. The jump to the main card, a guy that uh, many thought would be retired. He uh, he hasn't fought in quite a while. Uncle Creepy Ian McCall against North Carolina's Justin Scoggins, who has uh, been very entertaining in his last few fights. Uh, so that's kicking off the main card. Why the fuck do you know that he's from North Carolina? Because I, he fought. Uh, it, it, uh, where did he fight in? Uh, kind of fucking rain man. I remember that. I remember <laughs> shit like that. You remember a thick Southern accent when they're doing their post-fight interview? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Justin Scoggins ranked number thirteen. Ian McCall still with the number five rank, though he hasn't fought in quite some time. Let's see if we can see what his last. Uh, yeah, what I, what what would have made you think that Ian McCall was retiring? He said he was contemplating retiring because oh. he he does a new uh, he does a podcast. I think it's called Uncle Creepy's Funhouse or something. But he he was a, he was a guest <laughs> on someone else's podcast. He talked about it. Well, I was listening. Uh, he was on Nick the Tooth's podcast recently. Well, I've not heard that one, and uh, I've not heard that it's show. Called, like. Uh, Mark Mark V or something like that. That's the name weird, of the podcast. That's a weird Mark N- V. Uh, it's something like Markov Marco V. Oh, that's very strange. Markov Markov V or something like that. I don't okay, know. interesting. Uh, I, I could pull me all over. It's not tell you that important. You can tell me uh, after. <laughs> so he was on. But I've got I a podcast. It's a guy's name and initial. <laughs> but I didn't let. I just saw that he. We was should on change it. the name of MMAniacs to Barry T. <laughs> I just saw that he was on it uh, recently on Nick the Tooth. You podcast. can also tell if you're looking at the UFC fight uh, lineup if you haven't fought in a while if your profile picture still has sponsors on the shorts. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Look at Ian McCall has so a, he, has elite. He at least elite has MMA. A, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it, yeah. it might have might have been a while. And the huh? first the first uh, here's a little trivia for you. Do you know what the first pay per view under the Reebok deal was? Uh, nope. UFC 189. So he hasn't fought since prior to UFC 189. Uh, that's the reason for that. Then you have Modus V. Modus V. M O T U S. Modus V. Listen know, to it. The letter V. After you're done listening to this, Nick yeah. the Tooth, co star of Dana White looking for a fight, YouTube sensation. Um, so then you have Francisco Rivera versus Eric Perez. I don't know a ton about. Either of these guys, uh, I've seen the fight in recent memory. I think Eric Perez was when they were last down in Mexico. It's his country of origin, and uh, Francisco Rivera is staying busy. I, I don't remember who he fought last, but well, let's see. Um, so I don't know how much gambling I'm actually going to do in this <laughs> one. So hey, to give you to bring you up to speed on my my gambling. Uh, lack of we need, let's, uh, let yeah, me stop you right there. You're right. It needs to be a segment. <laughs> it needs to be a segment, and it, you give the exact breakdown and what your thoughts are. And okay. uh, so it'll be. Uh, we'll do it right now, and okay. you give us a synopsis. But then for the next one, like record one on your own, like of a like a oh, full yeah, like, legit. Yeah, I'll live stream uh, me making picks. Uh, it's. And then, and we should be getting a, a, an an, I, an overseas I do snacks here soon from Greece. Oh, really? I do believe that. Uh, I do believe that uh, that Paul Landwehr is doing a a Grecian 
I do snacks. Wow. But he also was supposed to have been doing a... He's been on a snacks diet lately, so he hasn't <laughs> contributed much to the show. He was supposed to also give us another one from... Uh, where did he go? In the red Amsterdam. light district, Amsterdam. Yeah. Right, you're supposed to give he us, was an, the red light to give us an, an Amsterdam. I do snacks. <laughs> okay, Paul Andwer continues to disappoint. Shout out to Paul Andwer. <laughs> Paul Andwer, where's our I do snacks, mother? Yeah. So Rivera lost to John Lineker uh, in his last go round, but I think that. What do you think about John Lineker? That, that's something we kind of glossed over. Do you think that? I think that him versus Dominic Cruz, while may not be. The I, sexy fight to make, but I think that could do a lot because the way that he goes to the body, uh, if Cruz gets hits with some of those shots, those are those are stoppers. Well, that's the problem. That's therein lies the problem. Exactly what you just said. If he gets hit with those shots, Dominic Cruz is not a standing still target. John Lineker is. John Lineker is a plotting. He does. It's step back, feet. step forward, step back, step forward. Bunk, 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 but he's good at cutting and, off and narrowing you down. But <laughs> but it's all just little incremental. Step to the side, step back, step to the side, step back, step forward, step back, step forward, step back. It's just these little uh-huh. clung, 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 clung. Cruz is like a fucking. He he reminds me. Of, I know I've said this before, but do you remember the Kibbles and Bits commercial? It was a long time ago. It was like maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. And there was a big bulldog, and then there was like a little chihuahua, and the bulldog was walking oh, in a yeah, straight yeah. line, and the chihuahua was jumping over his back, and uh, and, uh, and the chihuahua was going, and bits, and bits, and bits, yes, and bits. Yes, I do remember that. So that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of that chihuahua. So you've that's already just, seen the fight. Right. <laughs> I like this fight the first time when it was at a Kibbles and Bits ad. But the thing <laughs> is that Cruz is so good with his head work. I'm thinking specifically Lineker's body punches. You know, you can't... I don't. I feel like he's in the matrix compared to him. I feel like it's like it's like, like it's like like Lineker would stand still and Cruz would just walk around him and punch him at will and then come okay. stand in front of him again. <laughs> okay, so how about this? How about we make this fight instead, John Lineker against T.J. Dillashaw, who also has ex- it's exquisite very, he has, movement. He has very similar movement to to Cruz, but not nearly as. As yeah, good, so as that's Cruz. why I think it would be if he can pass the Dillashaw test. Well, then, then that would, would be then that would right. Then he would have earned it, and I think that that's the way. Because I don't know if Dillashaw earned that. it. Back. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that fight. I like that fight, and I like it for that reason mm-hmm. because that would give that would give pause to like, well, maybe he can hang with Cruz if he's if he's beat Dillashaw because their styles are so similar. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm with you. I want to see this happen. If Frankie <laughs> needs a little bit of time to drop down to Bantamweight, I want to see that happen. Then you see Frankie Edgar versus John Lineker. That could be insane as well. Um, other fights on this card. Wilson Heiss against Hector Sandoval. That's, that's uh, unfortunately, Wilson Heiss has to fight a shadowy man because DJ uh, had to pull out. Couldn't defend his flyweight belt, but... Uh, well, maybe they're holding out until the finale of the next season of Ultimate Fighter. I feel like DJ is going to fight again before that. But uh, yeah, what happened to DJ? Do you re- did what that, the what exact the nature of their yeah. his inju- injury? Let's see. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it wasn't anything that needed surgery, but uh, oh, vague suffered things. a vague injury, undisclosed. Mm-hmm. Undisclosed. 
It's one of those hockey things and uh, or football things, and they try to not give you too much information. You know, I, well, here's, body here's what I wonder about these. Uh, uh, here's what I wonder about injuries. This is what I, I really would like to. I really would like to catch somebody at the top and ask them this question. Yeah. This question exactly in, in in this in this fashion. In order for someone to pull out with an injury. Does does do they is there have to be a doctor that says they need to be pulled out or can they just go I'm injured and I'm not going to fight? That's interesting. That's a, can the fighter just say I'm injured and I'm not going to fight? Because then you could just do it at any reason. Like yeah. like I don't like I like that guy looks like a motherfucker right now and I don't want to fight him. So I'm going to say I have an injury. So does it have to be that or does it have to be a doctor going this guy can't fight and it's undisclosed because we don't want to give that information away to future opponents. Yeah. Like he has a torn hamstring. We don't want to or whatever. That's a very interesting thing and, and I actually had a conspiracy theory about that because so flashback a little bit to the Australia card where Hon- uh, Honda Housie Ronda Rousey lost the uh, belt to Holly Holm originally Michael Bisping was supposed to fight on that card and ah, fuck it, who would he fight uh, his opponent it it, it seemed like it wouldn't make sense. It was a, it was a fight that he could only lose from. Like it was not uh, right. If he won, it wasn't a big Robert deal. Li- uh, Robert uh, Whitaker. Oh, Robert Whitaker. Yeah, that's not Who a good would, fight for him. No, it, Robert it, Whitaker is a bad motherfucker. Yeah, and so, he's a winner of the first smashes. See, this, well, the only smashes season. But he's been on a hot streak. Right, too. he's been fucking people up. Yeah, that's not a good fight for him. And so it didn't make sense for him because it, this is Bisping just coming off. Winning in the main event in Scotland, a split right. decision, beating, beating beating the goat. Yeah, no, no. This is prior to that. This, this oh, is this yeah. This is the before goat. the silver thing. So because instead of fighting uh, Whitaker next, his his next fight was supposed to be scheduled to be Gegard Mousasi, but ended up being Anderson Silva. That's not a good fight for me. <laughs> Gegard Mousasi is not a good fight for me either. No, but it didn't end up happening because Silva came through. Right. So, but I I think that there's absolutely. Strategies to avoiding mm. certain fighters. I think because you'll so too. you'll take the fight because you have to. You don't want to be a guy that right. But I want to know: do, is it? Can I just say? Can I just That's say I key. don't want to fight, or do I have to get a doctor to say? Yeah, you know. I think that the thing is that there's not a UFC doctor because they're a completely separate. Company is no, but to the, if they have a doctor, this is their regular doctor that they go to. If that doctor says, the UFC just has to trust that that doctor is being honest. Yeah, I think that's but the thing. That, I think is it anyone that, can get can, a doctor to to tell them that in in a way, or that's my suspicion. So maybe you just you don't have to give them the details because they're. Uh, I don't know how this question has never been asked before. It and could I'm have been, so, but maybe uh, it's just. Maybe it's not that interesting. To maybe other it's people, commonplace but it's, that they have to present something so they can get. Any fucking medical marijuana prescribing doctor to write, yeah, he strained yeah, yeah, his yeah, right, strained exactly. finger. <laughs> right, so the UFC just finger. has to accept it if you have a fucking medical diploma hanging up on your wall. Right, right. So, uh, very interesting question. So that it is very interesting, interesting question. question. I'm glad that it came up because that's something that I've thought of before. And yeah, you see guys pull out uh, injured. You're like, well, that's probably a blessing in disguise for this guy I mean actually it, it, uh, this past weekend Francis Ngannou or Ngannou uh, against the Serbian fighter was supposed to happen in Croatia and he pulled out with an injury so they had to put Curtis Blades in who was a less ideal fight for Ngannou and then it just sort of was just re- rescheduled it because they're like well this was going to happen and this guy's going to get beat 
and uh, he ended up getting washed. But they're trying to. They finally have a good heavyweight prospect that they're developing. This Francis Ngannou guy from uh, from France, and he's looked unbelievable. I think that this, even though you his didn't, arm, when you look at that dude, his fucking hands. He stand uh, standing up straight is look like his hands can almost touch the ground. Yeah, his reach. I went. I it meant was to, ten I inches to go, further than yeah. that. And this was to, to get back into my betting segment. This was the biggest underdog of the card. He was plus five eighty five. So I, I put money on the underdog. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I put him in my pick just because in case. it was like But a- what the fuck, though? It was an early stoppage. If you watch it, he really only connected with two big hammer fists. Everything else was being blocked. So uh, I think that if, if Joe McCarthy was, was refing it, he, he would have given him more of the, the advantage because they, that's all you could do is block the and try to get... It was uh, Herb Dean for that fight. Oh, yeah. And he's he's usually... No, he's, he's usually, usually pretty good, but if you go... But we'll, I've, actually, only, there's only, I've only seen a few Herb Deans that what I felt were not calls that I liked. It doesn't necessarily mean they were the right or the wrong calls. They were just calls that I was like, that should have been stopped yeah. earlier. But they but showed that, it. I've seen him do it. He's an outstanding ref, but he's, they he's, showed he's, it on the... Him and John McCarthy are the two best MMA refs. I mean, he wasn't trying to get out of there, but he was successfully blocking. I mean, he was hitting just the crook of the elbow on, mm-hmm. on these punches. They weren't getting through, but that's all you... In heavyweight, sometimes you just have to weather the storm because you're... Get, getting rained on by a guy who could easily tire himself out right. just from like this one flurry and then he definitely on paper at least outclassed him on the ground so then maybe he would have had a shot but the fight was ended I was out a couple bucks I maybe shouldn't have bet on it anyway <laughs> it was just that big big number for an underdog that, and, and the fact that anything can happen in a heavyweight bout I know Gano is a highly touted prospect and has impressed the shit out of me the last two times I've seen him just make quick brutal work I know against Blades that went to the second round but it ended with his eye just completely shut he couldn't see through it what do you think's next for Gano? Um, I think he gotta give him someone that's not a big name but has uh, I have an idea has, has some experience I'm thinking yeah. of uh, it, well Rochalt would have been good, but they, uh, they they put him out out of it. Uh, I think you need to give him wh- who's the guy with the mustache that that just that fought Rochalt before he fought Roy Nelson. Uh, oh, but someone mentioned uh, the Black Beast. That's who I thought. That's, that's that was my pick. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick. That's who I that's think. Almost, that's almost like that's a prospect a really good killer fight, though. <laughs> um, yeah, but somebody's got to emerge the, the heavy prospect. I and guess, that, and that makes them just uh, that gives more stock to that prospect. You know, you got two yeah, rising no. stars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> you got two rising stars, and then one star collects both their energy. Yeah, you know uh, what I'm saying. They yeah. collide, and then one star moves on with the energy of both stars. <laughs> yes, but I, th- I mean, I kind of liked the way that uh, Derek Lewis. Called for an, or for a rematch against Roy Nelson because he he, he almost he almost did uh, not accept the judge's decision because he said no I promised to finish I want to I want to fight to the finish yeah so maybe who knows maybe on some lower I'm still card on the fence on how I feel about that I, I, I think I I think initially I watched it twice and I feel like after both times I. Feel like Roy Nelson won that fight. 
after both times, really? But I, I feel to, like I, Roy Nelson just fought not to lose in the yeah, third but that's, round. But that's still, but but if but you that's think about the way this that way. guys have won, GSP they made a career of that. Yeah, but that's but that was many <laughs> years ago, and that's why I think the 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 sport continues to evolve because I kind of even though I bet money on Roy Nelson, I I liked the fact that the judges gave more credence to the significant strikes that were landed mm. than takedowns landed that Nelson, uh, Lewis was able to immediately get up from or Nelson just was getting nothing done on top of. Right. Because not only is that a, a boring fight, but if you ever see two people fight on the street and you saw a guy's chin just get knocked fucking five inches higher than the top of his head and the beating that that uh, that Lewis gave him in round one and at the tail end of round three after he got up from the uh, some the takedowns uh-huh. I, it was a, I was I thought enough to to mm-hmm. take it down I mean Nelson had him on the ground in round two and prevented him from doing much of anything so I I'd certainly give him that one and I would almost give him round three if not for the way that Lewis ended it so I thought that he did I'll enough to watch with the, it again I thought he did enough with the damage in the first round which I I couldn't believe that Nelson was able to endure those kind of shots I mean I know he had a good chin he's got a chin dude but, I mean, <laughs> but he's also been knocked out before too so Once, I thought, by, yeah. by the guy who Mark has, the, uh, yeah, who has yeah. the best knockout hands in the heavyweight division <laughs> yeah so <laughs> but but he's but been everyone else the shit kicked out. Yeah, yeah. He made it through. He made it through. Uh, yeah. Junior Dos Santos just that's, teeing off on it. That's why I would propose that you make it Roy Nelson versus <laughs> Derek Lewis for a five round main event. <laughs> no. Yeah. What, this one, nobody expected this one to go three rounds. It's not going past three rounds. Oh, no, look, next go look, around. They look. They made Bigfoot Mark Hunt. Uh, to happen because it was such a great fight. They're not going to make this fight happen because it was a boring fucking fight. Uh, yeah, no, no. Listen, <laughs> like, no, there's not. There's nobody going. I can't wait to see that happen again. There's nobody sitting at home going. But I it can't wasn't. Wait to watch it, it, fucking. It, but it wasn't a boring fight if you watch it as a whole. Well, there was. There were parts of it that were exciting. Nelson were fought it, boring. There were parts part schlobberknocker because that's what that's what Joe Rogan yeah, said of that. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an actual slobber-knocker. That's an actual schlobberknocker because he knocked the slobber out of his mouth. Right, but but I'm saying that Roy Nelson fought in a boring style in that fight, but it wasn't. Right, but but it, but it was still an exciting fight, and it was still incredible to see. Just how easily Lewis got up from the ground from a guy as big as Nelson, who has the jujitsu pedigree as Nelson to get up tremendously. Right, but he wouldn't be able to get up from underneath somebody who had better wrestling. But we're talking about these two guys. Okay, but I'm talking about if Derek Lewis goes up against uh, Brock Lesnar or Cain Velasquez or Shane Carwin, or a heavyweight like that, obviously not Shane Carwin, but I'm saying a heavyweight like that that has real serious wrestling credentials, he's not going to be able to get up from that. Because here's here's the, here's the deal. Here's, but here's the yeah. deal. Listen, here's the deal. Roy Nelson doesn't have very good wrestling. <laughs> he's not a very good wrestler. He's not a very good takedown artist. And against uh, against other people that have a lot more experience than Derek Lewis that he's tried to take down, he hasn't had any luck with. He's very, very poor 
Uh, Nelson doesn't usually try to take people down at all. He's a stand and bang guy. The times that he's tried to do it, he has not had much luck with it. And that's why. Because he's not a very good wrestler. But he knows Derek Lewis has shit wrestling. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why. And he also knows that he's a crazy stand up artist. Yeah. So. Uh, Alright. I'm going to stop this broadcast. Anyway, all right. So we, we've kind of po- pecked around a little bit. We, we did the bantamweight fights to make at the top of the division. Uh, besides the obvious uh, unification bout at featherweight, I mean, we can start from the. Let's start from the lowest. Who do you, who fights next for the strawweight championship? Joanna's next opponent. Is it Rose Namajunas? Is it the winner of the co-main event of 201? If Rose Namajunas makes an, uh, enough of an impressive victory, I think it would probably be her. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina, Carolina Kowalka. I don't think she's quite ready for the uh, the title, but I'm not even confident that, that Rose wins this fight. I don't know. She's going up against another Polish sensation, but uh, uh, I mean, I would, I, I would, I would like to see her uh, fight. Um, I can't think of her goddamn name. With the bantamweight that just drops down, who she just fought? Oh no! Why? We were just talking about the the unlikelihood of. Trilogies when the fighter has lost the first two, Claudia Gadelia. Yeah, I would rather I would rather see her fight Claudia Gadelia than most other people because I think Claudia Gadelia still has a really good chance of beating her. I think I think, but I, she got taken apart in, yeah. in, in, from the third round on in that fight. Uh, I, I've, I've, yeah, but I've the watched first it two, twice. The first two rounds, she was really doing well, and then she lost a lot of steam. Yeah. So uh, anyway, back. I guess I, sh- I should have just jump started right into the division that maybe we know the least about. <laughs> right. But uh I mean Carla Sparza, the former champion, do you think that she would rematch her? I mean she won her last uh, her only fight since losing the title to to Peña. But then you have uh let's see. The fighter that just dropped down from bantamweight, she's really short. She won at UFC 199. Uh, I think. Fuck. She looks like a tank. She just beat Jessica Pena. Jessica Pena. Jessica Penny. Jessica Penny. Jessica Penny. Okay. Uh, uh, what's her name? Jessica Andrade. Oh yeah, Jessica, Jessica Andrade. Smashed. I think that Pena's would be an ex- that would be an exciting <laughs> fight. Jessica Andrade against Joanna Yinjinchik. About. I mean, this was Andrade's strawweight debut. But I say that's an exciting fight. If you don't have her fighting uh, the winner of Rose Namajunas versus Carolina, perhaps, or you give Jessica Andrade another fight, or maybe Jessica Andrade fights Carla Sparza, and then the the two winners rematch. But that's an interesting fight. That'd too. be a good one. Uh, straw, uh, excuse me, flyweight DJ. It uh, looks like he's not going to fight Heist next, and we don't because of the undisclosed nature of his injury. We're not sure when he's going to be ready. 
if he's going to be fighting again. At the very least, it will be the winner of the next Ultimate Fighter. Right. Which is, it's gonna, it does bring a, a new level of excitement to the season because they're all fighters from different promotions. Right. They're all champions. The champions. Right. They're all champions from different promotions. So that's an interesting thing. You know what I think they need? I think, I think they really need, I think the next season should be a, another comeback one. Yeah. You know? To make it for a title shot. Or, yeah, or yeah, guys exactly that, what yeah, they yeah. did. Did you see the UFC Matt season? Sarah. Right, the, yeah. the comeback season that Matt Sarah won, and then he ended up getting the title. And winning. Uh, it, yeah, he won, Vegas he won the title. Biggest upset in UFC history, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, well, at the time Against it was. George St. Pierre. Well, do you think that it's been overshadowed by Holm I think, Rousey? I think that's a bigger I think yeah. that's a bigger one. I think, I think there was... I think it was early enough, and uh, if it happened at, towards the end of uh, St. Pierre's career, uh, I think it would have been more. Yeah, was he wasn't. Earlier, he wasn't was the earlier. greatest. He didn't have the win record, or the right. It wasn't the. He wasn't. He wasn't in the. He wasn't in the name contention for greatest of all time uh-huh. when that happened. So it wasn't gotcha. as big okay. of an upset. Fair enough. Looking back on it, it seems like a big upset, but it was a big upset. Yeah. But, but Holly Holm. Uh, being Ronda Rousey, I think, is the biggest is the biggest title upset in UFC history. Right. Um. Okay. Good point. So moving up. So we don't know what's next for DJ at the flyweight. So we could guess. Like we could just skip that. Although I thought Lewis Smolka looked like a man possessed when he took apart uh, Ben Ben Win in uh, Sioux Falls. Mm. That was an incredible flyweight fight. And uh, the unfortunate thing is that in his Post fight, he called out uh, Wilson Heiss, and he suggested that they fight for the interim flyweight championship. Not knowing that earlier in the broadcast, the re- they they had already announced that Heiss was rebooked against I think Hidalgo, uh, right? Yeah, a, a dark really. man with no photo. Yeah, no Sandoval, Sandoval. Red Sox great he, public He's not ball. saying that he's a dark man because of his race. No, just, it's just there's a, just no picture of no him. File it's just a silhouette. It's <laughs> just a black silhouette. UFC newcomer. So, um, so that's unfortunate. But Smolka is one to certainly watch out for at the at the at the outskirts of contention in the flyweight division. And then we go to men's bantamweight. We've kind of already been over that. What we think is next. Uh, I think that it would be great to have Lineker versus TJ. If not. Edgar dropping down to immediately challenge uh, the Dominator for the title belt. Uh, certainly there are other possibilities. I don't think No Love is there. I think that uh, Mr. Misha Tate, Brian Caraway, <laughs> is, uh, I think he's still a, a fight or two away. Um, yeah, uh, I think, I think, I think, um, I think his. The distance from the title shot became greater with the with me losing the belt because I think <laughs> really? that I think a hundred percent. I think the UFC would have glommed on to the the hype they would be able to create by having the potential of boyfriend and girlfriend both being <laughs> champions. And I think they would. I think I really think that. Which, let me tell you this: someone coined this phrase on the Severe MMA podcast. The Romantum Weights. If they were, <laughs> if they were both Bantamweight champions. The Romantum Weights. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, you make, a, you make a fair point, especially since the UFC was recently bought by an entertainment company, so they lost the ability to maybe make a, uh, 
uh, reality show around their their home life I, I, up in I, Seattle. I, I really think that the that the Ultimate Fighter has to have a total revamp, or it's going to. Because well, the, rain, the, lo- the last the, two seasons, yeah. I've watched half of the season, and then I haven't watched the rest of it. I've gotten halfway, and I've been like, "All right, I just don't care." Really? Wait, I feel like I cared about the McGregor Faber season. I feel like there was good fights and good drama in that. This past season, there were bad fights, and the drama was not interesting. After a week, you knew that these are two girls who are nasty to each other, and yeah. and there's one guy who had an injury, and one guy had marital problems, and Pretty much, I yeah, was just fast know, forward I, to the fights, yeah, I, I, and they I guess weren't I that did, great. I did watch the. the you talking about the Black Zillions American Top Team season? Yeah, I, I, th- I missed a couple episodes of that for sure, and I usually don't miss any. I've seen pretty much every one, but this last season, I seriously, I didn't watch the last four or five fights, and I think I might have been that for the Black Zillion season too. I think I might have missed yeah. like three or four or five mm-hmm. episodes. But yeah, I agree. I mean, they, I mean, I I I remember when UFC uh, when the Ultimate Fighter one happened, and I hadn't. Well, that was for those the of game you, changer that saved the UFC. Yeah, for those of you that don't uh, that don't haven't listened to the podcast before, or don't know. I I trained with Kenny Florian for a couple of years, and but I hadn't seen Kenny in several years. And then the I saw a commercial for the Ultimate Fighter, and then his picture popped up, and I was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Kenny's on the Ultimate Fighter!" And so I watched that religiously. I just couldn't wait until the next, you know. And it was a brand new thing. It was just like when the first season of uh, of um, uh, what was the was the stupid Survivor, Survivor. The first yeah, season yeah. of Survivor happened, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, yeah, it's, it's a, a it's whole a new thing! TV. It's a it's yeah. a brand new thing, and nobody's sure. ever seen before Survivor." So that was sure. like the ultimate fighter. But now, you know, I, I think they have a finite life. I think you know nobody yeah, gives a shit about Survivor that much anymore. There's people that still watch it. Yeah, that's there's a reason why yeah, like I can there's read a reason the why, results. I can read the results. Right. Whatever. Well, there's a reason why that uh, uh, American Idol is going is going under. People don't watch it anymore. Right. That's the number one grossing television show of all fucking time. Yeah. You know? And that show's yeah. wrapping it up. They're all done. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just, I think, uh, I think they have to do a real, they have to be a, have to do a real interesting tweak on some sort of idea. Yeah. They have to make something, this one. Right. you know, they have to do something to it because people are like, all right, I've seen this. I've seen this all. Yeah. I've seen all these people come and, you know, it's yeah. great for, it's great for all these other, these new countries that they're getting it in to get in into these new markets, into China, into South America, into, you know, UFC Brazil, into the, you know, the smashers getting people from Australia and the UK involved in mixed martial arts by doing these shows specifically for them. Because maybe they didn't watch the other, the original yeah, and those fighters. are on Fight Pass, so it's almost like it. Yeah, it's a nice thing, but it's not do or die for them, right? For instance, for the upcoming UFC Latin America has two non-Latin American coaches uh, with Liddell and uh, Forrest uh, coaching. So uh, Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell, coaching and, and, and UFC. And, uh, and Forrest Griffin are yeah. the coaches for yeah. for UFC South, South America. America. Yeah, That's so weird. I know. That's such a weird thing. Yeah, I can't wait to see the subtitles. Can't wait to read that show. Um, 
you know, why don't they do one with current fighters that people have a vested interest in, that people already have fans? Well, they You know, did. how fucking I mean, interesting would that be? Like, not, not even comeback, but like current fighters. Like, take the entire bantamweight division. Oh, just force them to live in a house? Yes! Yeah. Fuck yeah! It would be huge ratings because there are giant fans for all those fighters, and the, and the fans of all those fighters would tune in to watch it. Yeah. So I just think it's. Uh, but coming up with the money to be because a uh, brand new fighter, you could get them to sign their life away. Period of time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: when you when you uh, the the Ultimate Fighter, just like uh, just like American Idol, people are so starved for for fame and fortune that they're going to sign their fucking life away right off the bat. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they pay them peanuts. They reap most it's of hard. the rewards. They can't fucking read they, their fuck. They the can't US- listen to music. They can't get on the internet for these weeks that they're in the house. It's tough shit. I don't think they're gonna. Any current fighter would agree to that. Which brings me to my latest thing. Maybe the last thing before we just get into picks or whatever. Mark Hunt is loudly beating a drum outside of UFC headquarters. Not only just demanding, first he wanted half Brock's take after the first test. And then it revealed that Brock failed an in-competition test. Now he says, fuck that, give me it all. And also, fuck you, I want him to be tried as a criminal, I want all, I want there to be a fighter's union. <laughs> all these things that people have been afraid to speak up about. All of a sudden, the UFC gets sold, and now Mark Hunt, who's 42 years old, what does he have to lose? He says, hey, cut me loose or start this. But, I mean, I think, ultimately, it it's it takes more than one man to, to start a fighter's union. But if you're making enough noise, UFC hasn't issued any kind of uh, statements about this either way. This is an interesting story to, to follow. Will there be a fighters union? Will this new ownership will it be revealed? Hey, maybe this is one of the reasons that Zufa sold because shit like this was coming to a boil. There's been whispers of this stuff. All the changes to the athletic commission, the Muhammad Ali Act trying to be adapted to MMA being put through Congress in Oklahoma. All these things are coming down, yet the UFC is at its most popular. It's at its most mainstream for the past few years of success. A lot attributed to the Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor. And then they just did their biggest event, sold it. it. Hey, they did a thing that not enough people do in Vegas, which is walk away from the table with with tons of winnings and now things are starting (laughs) and things are starting to shift now do you think that this Mark Hunt issue becomes a bigger thing do you think it gets put to bed it could be the pebble that starts the whole avalanche or it could just be someone waving a flag in the wind that doesn't mean anything it's hard to tell it's hard to tell I don't know I think it will be I don't think that I don't think that the that mixed martial arts will happen much longer without a fighters union. I think we're going to see a fighters union in the next five years. I think any longer than five years, I, I, I think it's impossible for it to go longer than five years without a union. It's getting that. Um, it's too mainstream. It's too out there. It's too. There's not no more back back room handshakes and. Uh, underground fights, and it's all out there. It's on TV. It's everybody's talking about it. A million dollar Fox it. deal that expires 
in a couple years. I think that the union happens before then, because right now the NBA makes half their money from the TV deal, and that gets split through the players. Right now, right. UFC right. fighters UFC gets get all zero. That. Right. They get zero from the TV. That. They get zero from video games. If they have, they only have the Reebok sponsorship, some which, they were, which was forced on them. Yeah, and some fighters have Which individual sponsorships with Reebok or select companies that the UFC okay's like Monster. And you can have, yeah, but there were, you can there have were, sponsors still, but you can't wear their gear in the ring. So that's it's almost it, it's negligible the amount that people are making because why sponsor a guy if, if you can only see them briefly wearing an Adidas shirt? Well, there was guys, and I, I use this guy as an example a lot because he's been very vocal about it. Uh, since he's kind of stepped away from the game. But Brendan Schaub was making five figures in the fights, and he was making six figures in sponsorship. And then when he went back, to when they went to the Reebok deal, he went from making $100,000 to making like Mm -hmm. $7,000, $10,000. Or he would have. I don't think he's fought under the Reebok deal. Or did he have one fight? Mm, Maybe not. But that's what he would have gotten, was like $7,000 or $15,000 from $100,000. Yeah. So, and Reebok makes you pay for your own shit, which is crazy. If you have great, I got a new pair of of shitty shoes, but here's my hundred thousand dollar fucking Reebok. And Mike Winklejohn cornering four fighters over the course of a card has to wear a different shirt for everyone. It can't just wear like a generic UFC. It's kind of crazy, Um, (laughs) but. Yeah. Anyway, that just Mark Hunt thing is a, certainly an interesting story to follow. I'm curious what the UFC's move is, especially now that they've been bought by essentially a Hollywood talent agency who has a completely uh, new set of challenges on their PR plate mm. in terms of dealing with this and well, the USADA test uh, in general. Well, and will they keep? Will they continue with USADA? But I feel like they have to continue with USADA because if you're thinking, I know. Well, here's, all the- what, here's here's my here's here's what I want to look at. This is what I want to look at right here. If if it comes back, let's just let's say this hypothetically. If it comes back that John Jones had lost, uh, was forced out of that fight because he took an off-the-shelf supplement that had some sort of PED in it that he had no knowledge of. Let's say that that's a that's a fact. That's what he claims. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that that's the truth, and they discover that that's the truth. He got fucked. But do you mean that he, he got completely it, fucked? No, because he didn't do the homework. He didn't check with USADA because USADA they have a list of everything, all the substances. So it's like right. But if they how had, much homework they, do you have to do? Okay. But if they had, if they. If USADA knew, knew that this this uh, supplement had that in it, then all he had to do was say, I d- used this supplement and had that in it. And they would go, oh, okay. No, they wouldn't say, okay. They would say, we told you that that has that in it. That's why you tested positive for it. That's, I mean, there's, it's pretty cut and dry what, what they do. People don't like that the fact that all these big-name fighters, but that's why USADA is there, to catch people who are taking... Performance enhancers and if, and and the fuck it's the wild right, west. Right, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, if they catch somebody that's not taking a form a, a performance enhancing drug, and it fucks them out of ten million dollars, is that worth it? There's drugs that are on the banned list because they're not 
performance enhancers because they're masking agents for other right, which is what that supposedly is. It's right. supposedly some estrogen inhibitor or some kind estrogen of estrogen blocker. Estrogen yeah. blocker, right? So, uh, so it's not a PED in and of itself. It's a thing that masks the PEDs, but. I think it's just that they know the the education is out there. It's like if you, you know you could die that that this could cost you, so you're taking the risk of putting gat in your system because they sponsor you. When if you look at any issue of muscle and fitness, it looks like a guy who is definitely on steroids is the poster <laughs> child of your ad. They were showing it on the Joe Rogan experience. It's crazy that the GAT shirt that Jones has been wearing, that's, it's a supplement that it's basically being like, wink, wink. If you ever read High Times magazine, they'd be like, this isn't weed, but it will get you high. <laughs> it's like, this is right. steroids, but it will inhibit certain things. It, it will give you these results. And listen, everything is a case-by-case basis. John Jones hasn't had his day in court, so they haven't had an exhausting three-hour fight pass presents the Nevada State <laughs> Athletic Commission reading long names before. of papers. I have certainly uh, put in time watching those before. I, I'm looking forward to hearing John Jones say Fifth Amendment in tribute to Nick Diaz, uh, who is coming back in August, but doesn't have a fight booked yet. Uh, Regardless, listen, I feel like this UFC 201 has been completely overlooked uh, on this show, as they yeah, will be really, on really Saturday. So, so, yeah, right, as it, right, it's been overlooked on this show, as it will be on Saturday. It couldn't have been put any better. So, but what do you think? Let's pick the top uh, three fights, at least. it's uh, it, it, They're decent fights. You have Matt Brown versus Jake Ellenberger. That's a great fight. That's a great fight. Just two fucking just slug masters. But I think Matt Brown's grit, I mean, he was right there. He was, Brown was right there. Uh, he was right there when he met um, Damian Maia. Before Mai. he met Damian Maia. Before, before he met Damian Maia, he was right up at the top of the heap. Yeah. And he's still right up there. And I think, uh, I, I think, I think Brown will win this one uh, by knockout. Yeah, or, I think or, so. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think I think Brown wins it by knockout. Ellenberger didn't look good the last time he fought was I think tough finale of that American Top Team uh, Black Zillion season after UFC 189 when he got uh, beat by Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So uh, I think Ellenberger this could be it for him if he loses. But uh, yeah, I see Travis Brown bringing this. Nami Yunus versus Carolina Klitsakevich. Uh, I Matt think Brown. I love Carolina. She, is, I've only seen her fight twice, but she, she's very technically skilled and uh, cute as hell. Which I know that's not a, a reason, to, but but it's worth mentioning to me. Uh, Rose Namajunas is phenomenal as well, so I I think this could be a fight of the night candidate. And uh, I don't know. I, I almost I'm almost going to say Namajunas is going to take it. With the slick submission. So. That's exactly how what I was going to do. Yeah. Nama units by submission. Okay, so we're in agreement for the next two. Now, do you think there's I a think big upset? Probably. Do you think Lawler's fucking number gets punched finally against Tyron Woodley, the man who's got maybe the most boring title shot? He got it off a successful 
uh, lack of weight lay- making. Yeah. Successful 18 month layoff. Yeah, he was all, he'll also be making his Reebok wearing debut. Uh, he has not fought in a long time. It's uh, split uh, decision win. His, his it's last such a, it's the weirdest fucking title shot I've ever seen. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any. I don't. It was just promised to him for some reason. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. Maybe he's got some. If fucking, he beat maybe Johnny Hendricks, maybe of Joe Silva like yeah. blowing a guy at a truck stop or something, but. I don't understand how the, there's so many fucking people in line. I think ahead of Woodley, especially after an 18 month layoff, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I have to go with Lawler just out of pure spite for the fact that Woodley even thinks he should be in there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in ring rust. I think it's all psychological. If you let it become an issue, it can become an issue. Um, I've seen guys come off of layoffs where it just didn't look like, you know, look at look at Dominic Cruz. He's uh, never he's yeah. never shown a sign of ring rust, and he's been out more than most people. You know, when he came in against fucking Gomi and just fucking demolished him. Yeah. Just came in after two years off and just fucking. Just, just beat the fucking shit out of him. Stoppage within forty seconds. Or so so uh, you know, I, I, like I with think Dominic I, Cruz, he doesn't believe in ring rust, so that's a bad example. No, right. Well, that's it. He he's he's probably if Mentally not the, sound. if he's not the strongest psychologically in the UFC, he's right up there. Yeah, he's in the top. I think him, Kane Velasquez, has an unwavering belief in himself that does not get wavered. It's which is what unwavering means. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he also has a redundant belief that does not get unredundant. Right. <laughs> you know, he has this unwavering belief in himself that doesn't change. It's not like a, a, a setback will come along and he'll go, "All right, well, that yeah. you got me." Not like but Holly Holm, who says she has to believe in herself more. Yeah. Well, Holly Holm, I think is you know I don't want to I don't want to talk bad about her because I like her. I like her as a fighter and as a human being. She seems like a really sweet person, but I think she's not. She's a little weak mentally. I think she has a lot of confidence issues, and I think that that's the only thing that's keeping her from dominating. I, I think she could be the champion for a fucking decade if she just went if she just went Mike Tyson on everybody and was like. I'm gonna fucking eat your baby, you know. <laughs> well, if she just if she just went yeah. mental the other direction and started putting fucking scare in people, yeah, I, and I, having that that undeniable belief that she is the baddest motherfucker out there, that she could just lay waste to everybody. But I think she felt, uh, I think she felt like her, her win over Rousey was a fluke. And she got, you know, she's good at what she does, but she she got lucky, and but yeah. that's not the case. She did everything she needed to do. She put all the right pieces together and fucking did executed a, a perfect game plan. Yeah, and has Anyways. not executed one since. Right. Uh, 
Okay, so I think we're pretty much in agreement for the first for the top three of that card: Brown, Nami Yunus, and Lawler. First for us, it, it could be. I don't know if I'm going to bet on all of those. I'm, I I have a two bet limit now. Oh, okay. Although on on Fox, I'll just give you give you the rundown. I, I bet on the big underdog did not work for me, so I was down against which is Nganu. who. So so t- so tell the people who the bet was. Oh, I bet against Nganu. Right. I bet for the Serbian guy. I forget right. his name. And then uh, then I bet Gilbert Melendez over Edson Barboza, uh-huh. hoping that he would make a big splash in the comeback. I thought he would actually use his wrestling, which he didn't use at all in the fight, to get around the completely fast leg strikes of Barboza. Uh, Melendez d- did not. He tried to engage him in boxing instead and paid the price pretty severely. Uh, so I'm down big time through these two fights. <laughs> so I decided to bet that the main event would go over four and a half minutes and that Cara, Carolina, uh, not Carolina, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, uh, would be victorious. So I was able to salvage that, win a little so money back. A, oh, so it was a. I came out on top. It was an uptick, alright. It wasn't a wash, it was an uptick. No, yeah, it was a it little. It wasn't a loss, it wasn't a wash, it was an uptick. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Now, if I were to have to pick, if I was going to pick some fights, I, I haven't looked at the, uh, exact odds on all of these. I guess we could do a little breakdown, oh. but, um,. I think I'm about done, brother. All right, <laughs> I gotta get out of this okay. room. Okay, so whatever. Don't don't bet on heavyweights. Uh, yeah, don't bet on heavyweights. That's a good. That's <laughs> unless it's Cain Velasquez. You can always bet on Cain Velasquez. Uh, not always, but uh, UFC on Fox One, UFC 181, uh, 187. No, 185, six. Anyway, that was not six either. 188. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening. Tune in next week when we break it down. And stay tuned. Uh, right after this, you're going to be hearing a interview with Pete Williams. First Hall of Famer? Oh, no. Pat Militich is the Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, podcast. Pat, uh, But he didn't do a full interview. He didn't do a few interviews, right. So this is our first full interview with the UFC Hall of Famer. Thanks for tuning in to the MMAX podcast. We are over and out. All right. Nick David here with the MMAniacs podcast. I'm speaking with UFC Hall of Fame inductee and mixed martial arts legend Pete Williams. How you doing, Pete? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you again uh, so much for taking time to to do this interview. I I know you probably got a lot of things going on, so thanks for taking some time out to to chat with me today. Oh, my pleasure, man. Let's do it. I was really excited to see you uh, get inducted. Uh, I really like seeing uh, the Pioneer guys get their just desserts and get the recognition they deserve. So it was really yeah. exciting for me when I heard the announcement that, that uh, you and Mark were getting inducted for the fight. I was really stoked about it. Um, and I yeah, thought, I thought it, was, uh, it was very cool. It was kind of a <clears throat> really you know, out of the blue kind of thing. So it was, uh, it was a nice, nice surprise. Yeah, you had you had no no idea leading up to it. No, um, actually, uh, UFC had, had contacted me. They wanted me to come out there and um, do like some autograph signings, I think. But then uh, a couple of days later, then uh, I got the news. Actually, via Facebook, uh, of all things, originally I saw a post on there. You know, you know, me and Mark's 
fight getting in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, what? And then, uh. Oh, so they didn't even, night, they didn't even contact you directly before they, before they announced it? They just announced that you were being inducted? Yeah, well, I think, uh, what caused that is, is I was in Bahrain at the time. So I was in, you know, other side of the, other side of the globe and, and the time difference. So that night when I spoke with, um, uh, Anthony from UFC again, um, uh, he, he filled me in on the full details. That must have been, that must have felt really awesome to, 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 to kind of reclaim some of that former glory that you felt was probably long, you know, you, you don't have any illusions to, to fight anymore, I'm sure. And so to be able to, to be able to, to get some recognition for that must felt great. Yeah, you know, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, although I will say I, I have had some illusions of fighting again. Really? But, yeah, but, you know, reality kind of, uh, steps in and, and, uh, you know, lets you know that it's probably not going to happen. Uh, so I need, I need to get some surgery on, on, uh, you know, one of my shoulders, which which is the reason I um, had kind of a, a a short career, a little bit of up and down career. Um, yeah, I mean, you you, you know, retired. Injuries. You retired pretty young. It, was it twenty seven? Twenty seven, yeah. Yeah. Two thousand and two. Two thousand and two. Yeah. And uh, honestly, you know, my last my last contract uh, for the last three fights with the UFC, I. I should have put on hold. You know, you look back and say, oh, I could have done this, I should have done that. I wasn't, you know, in any state to go and compete. Um, but, uh, you know, that just wasn't the way, you know, that we did things back then. You know, you just kind of uh, pushed through. And, uh, you know, I realized even before going into my last fight that that was going to be my last fight. And it was kind of a, you know, let's, let's finish up this contract and, and, uh, you know, move on. But, you know, you know, because of that, you know, it was very nice to see um, and, and feel that, you know, what I did in the short amount of time that I, that I had in the sport uh, made it, made a mark, made an impact. And, you know, even though my overall record uh, wasn't something that I was not reflected, you know, what I was, what I could truly do, at least, you know, I, I did, uh, I didn't make yeah, man. I mean, there's not that's that's something that will never go away. It's always there, and it'll be there in perpetuity. Uh, the video, of, yeah, the mean, video that, of it, the really fact not- that that you got inducted into the Hall of Fame, it, there will always be a record of it, and people will always go, "Oh yeah, the first head kick knockout in the UFC. Check that out." Right. You know, and yeah, you in- know. Well, mixed martial arts has come a long way in the last 
like really the decade it went from being this kind of fringe sport to being right out front and being talked about and yeah. in the news all the time and you know i've always said it and i've always believed it that mixed martial artists are, are the best athletes on the planet and yeah. I, i'll hold their yeah. athleticism up against any other sport um and so Certainly. so getting them getting the recognition that baseball players and football players and hockey players are getting I think is way overdue and I'm so excited to see that happening and and for fighters to be making more money and to be getting yeah. uh, more recognition yeah, I mean, for what the contributions yeah, that they're rewarded, making yeah rewarded for their efforts and their sacrifice you know because uh, there, there's uh, you know uh, a lot of both of those you know you, you really People don't realize how what it, what it takes to be more <clears throat> persistent and more dedicated to something that you are going to be in the top, you know, uh, you know, one percent of the people doing this. It, it's you know, when when people are passionate about something, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it takes it to another level, and, and these guys uh, they deserve. They deserve to be rewarded, you know, for for uh, putting themselves through what they do, you know. I agree, and the guys that are fighting today owe it to guys like you that paved the way, that did shitty shows for a hundred bucks or for free, or for or costing yeah. you money after you had to pay for your medicals. You know, it was right. guys like you that were out there traveling hundreds and thousands of miles to go to these underground things that nobody nobody really knew about it's guys like you yeah. that that made that it possible for you know for say say a guy like sage northcutt to come in and make ridiculous amount of money two or three fights right. into his ufc career be making a hundred thousand dollars you know yeah making more money than most guys made their you know their whole career right <laughs> so but uh And it's something hopefully you can look back on with some pride just knowing that you, you know, aside from your your very real and notable contributions to mixed martial arts, that kind of, that, that kind of uh, unspoken, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? The thing where you came before and you, you paved the way, knowing that, like when you see the UFC, you go, yep, I helped build that. I helped, yeah. I helped. I helped build that thing. I had fans that tuned in, that bought pay-per-views, that watched me fight, that helped build the UFC from its earliest days. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you get that kind of excitement and good feeling about it when you see that stuff. I do, and, and it's uh, it's great now. Um, you know, I took a, a long hiatus from the sport um, <clears throat> after after retiring. A lot of it, it was it was you know I was kind of burned. Uh, my injuries were, were at a point where I, they didn't allow me to, to train, so I was just uh, kind of quit cold turkey. And, and you and said it was a, it was a it was a, a shoulder injury a lot. Well, oh. yeah, most shoulder shoulders really. It's just uh, it's repetitive uh, use, you know, basically uh, poor training and a lot of small injuries, dislocations, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So 
um, basically what it is, is it's just arthritis. You know, it's the, the joint being mm-hmm. there is kind of, uh, you know, pretty hacked up. So not much you can do with that, you know, when you got like a 70-year-old shoulder at, at the age of 27. They do have now, they have a, some surgery where they have a resurfacing. It's not a uh, joint replacement, but it's a, uh, one step below that where it's... They smooth out the they, edges? Yeah, well, they attach, I think, a, an artificial surface on there. and um, But it's not replacing the full ball. And that that's what I'm actually looking to get, um, which is the next step of my... my uh, Rehabilitation, recovery from you know from this, which is why I'm, I'm in the sport again. I was able to rehabilitate these injuries uh, with uh, the, the Marinovich system. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Marinovich brothers, and uh, so they actually got me motivated because I can I can kind of move again and, and feeling feeling uh, that that uh, feeling froggy. <laughs> Desire, yeah, you know, because you feel good, and you just think, oh, you know, I just, I, I can't believe how much I've been missing this. You know, I haven't been able to wrestle, you know, for a decade. So, um, hopefully, I get this uh, surgery and can roll around and screw around a little bit without fear of, uh, you know, doing any damage. That'd be but, great. that'd um, be great. So that 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 was your early your earliest martial art was was wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah. And you wrestled yeah, you wrestled with uh, with Jerry Bolander. Yeah, that's he was he was one of my early favorites too. I, I ran into him at a UFC, and I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it well, I can I can tell you which one it was. But I don't remember the number. It was the one that uh, Carlos Newton got the belt from Pat Militech with the with the uh, bulldog choke. Uh-oh. So it was that UFC. But I I I ran into Jeff Blatnick in the hallway, and he asked me where the Hard Rock Cafe was, and I said. Oh yeah, fo- I had no idea where it was. I was like, "Yeah, follow me," and so I just followed signs to the Hard Rock Cafe. And when we got there, that's where the after party was. And so I snuck into the after party with Jeff Blatnick, and uh, one of the guys. It was it was everybody was back there. It was Coleman and uh, and Frank Shamrock and uh, Tito Ortiz and. And, uh, and then I see Jerry Bolander there and nobody, like everybody's going to see all these like superstars. And I was like, Jerry Bolander. <laughs> and he's, he hadn't fought in a while at that point. I was like, dude, are you fighting again? He's like, dude, I didn't think anybody here knew who I was. I was like, yeah, man, I, I think you're great. So that's my little Jerry Bolander story. I have a, I have a little picture yeah. of him uh, backstage from that fight. I was at, I was at one of your fight. The very first UFC I went to is UFC 31. 31. So, yeah, so I saw your fight with Semi Schultz. It was that oh, that many. one? Uh, yeah. 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 It's tough to, you know, you don't really don't want to look back on that stuff and, you know, it's hard not to, it's, it just sucks to have regret for that stuff because you could look back on it and there's a million different things you could have done. You're like, well, I should have, I could have had surgery right afterwards and I could come back to fight two years later or, you know, 
But it's well, great that you're doing it now. Uh, I'm excited that you're doing it now. I'm excited that you'll be, you know, at least well, be that's kind the of. Thing is, you know, not everybody's path, you know, leads to the same same way. So, you know, and and that's what I'm. What I am happy about is that <clears throat> my path led me to uh, what I do now, which is, uh, you know, work with young fighters and young athletes in general, and teach them how to take care of their bodies, train properly listen to what their bodies are telling them and, 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 you know, prevent, you know, these, uh, you know, major injuries or, or career-ending injuries. Um, and and so that wouldn't have happened if I, if I had taken a, you know, if history was different. So, right. Um, wow, that's great. And is that, is that with the Marinovich? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're working you're working with them, and uh, is there do they have like a website or somewhere that they could go see? People could go check in on what you're doing, and and if they're interested I, as athletes, could find out some more information about it. Yeah, uh, I believe they have a website. Um, it's sort of a Facebook page, but uh, the thing with uh, the Marinovich brothers is they're not out there kind of pumping their product, and and right now uh, they're both uh, getting a bit older. So I'm, I'm trying to uh, work with them to uh, carry on their legacy, you know, and, and advance their training and, and get, get their training in some kind of a uh, curriculum where it can be, you know, taught to others and, and, uh, and other people can, can see what it's like to actually train properly and what it feels like when you're really at your peak. Nice. Well, that's great. That's a that's a that's yeah. a cool that's a cool thing that you'd be able to that you can uh, you can continue to give back to the sport that's uh, that you've made such an impact on already. You know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, I was away for 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 a while, and, and you know, I put a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears into the sport, so. You know, I have got a little bit of credibility, you know, in the field, so I, I, I figured I, I shouldn't squander that, and, and I should come back and do something, you know, work with you guys, and and, and uh, you know, just help them on their on their uh, their journey. Yeah, that's great. Hey, uh, uh, before we go, I wanted to ask you uh, how how was the Hall of Fame induction ceremony? How did they how did they treat you? Was great. Okay. You know, it was uh, um, you know, I guess it was you call a you know a typical thing. You just uh, um, go out there get your speech, and, and really it was just, it was great to see. Uh, all those guys again, you know, um, Mark Coleman, Don Fry, Dan Severin, um, and a bunch of other people who were just out there for, you know, for this uh, expo week. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. You know, it's definitely a good memory. Well, it was a phenomenal speech. Really, really uh, well thought out and, uh, and well delivered speech. Um, uh, I, I was I was uh, I was touched by it, and uh, I really enjoyed the whole watching the whole ceremony and seeing these guys that I was watching, you know, 15 years ago fight. 
20 years ago fight, watching them be able to, uh, to, to get that chance to come back. You know, I, I really like that. I like Don Fry's speech a lot too. I was happy that he, considering he thought that the door was kind of shut on him, considering the, all the kind of back and forth, uh, yeah. online feuding he had with Dana White that he thought that he was never going to get that nod. So it was, it was good to, that he got that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, it's kind of like that sometimes, but it, it's, it's kind of a, it's not a good thing to, to have something like that, have personal, uh, beefs or anything be in the way of, of people's accomplishments and their recognition, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree. But, you know, you know, it was good on everybody, you know, to see, these guys who, uh, you know, as you can see, you know, really sacrifice their their bodies and 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 uh, to, to you know to, to to basically you know put on a show and, and make you know you know make a little history. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, it was overall, you know. It was great. You know, it was a very busy week. I was there with the Bahrain team that I'm working with now for the IMMF World Championships. Uh, you know, plus the expo. You know, doing stuff for that, and plus, you know, I got tickets to the all three fights. You know, that oh, were happening great. that week. So it was, it was just like, you know, one bang, 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 one, one, uh, <laughs> one event to the next. You know, for for a week straight, and it was. Uh, I'm like a tailspin. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pete, I, I, I really, again, I'm really, really excited that you got a chance to get into the to the Hall of Fame, and uh, and I, I'm a I'm a big fan, always will be. I look forward to seeing any anything uh, you do in the future. If, I, I hope you get to the your shoulders shored up as quickly as possible, and. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get in there and roll around uh, with some of these guys, and you know, get, you know, remember a lot of these, uh, a lot of these moves that, that you just don't. Uh, you just got to get in there and and do it, you know. For sure. Feel it again. It's never too so, late. <laughs> it's never too late if you got the. No if you can If you can get your body together to make it happen. You know, I know oh, yeah. I, I I've trained for a lot of years, and I there, there's guys in my gym that are rolling around that are in their sixties, and and yeah. they're giving me a hard time. So <laughs> yeah, you know, and as long as you train smart and roll smart, um, you can you know you can go as long as uh, as long as you feel like you know just gotta take care of avoid those injuries. For sure. Uh, before we go, would you like to give a shout out to anybody? Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, shout out to you know the people who got me back here and got me into this. Uh, you know, the Marinovich brothers, also uh, <clears throat> two of my chiropractor friends who just do incredible work, uh, Jesse Cracknell and uh, and Eric. There, um, you know, I, I forgot them. I forgot a few people in my speech, honestly, because there were just so many. There were some really pivotal people that, that got me um, back 
to uh, back to where I am right now, and got to got to give shouts out to them and to my team out in Bahrain, and obviously the Lions Den, my Lions Den brothers. So, do you, it, do, you, uh, do you talk to many of those guys? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I talk guy over there in, in Vegas. Um, I speak with uh, the other guys every once in a while. Mikey Burnett. Um, I'm actually gonna go. I'm in California now, so I'm gonna go see Jerry. I think tomorrow. I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, nice. Didn't yeah. Mikey Burnett like wasn't? Didn't he stop a robbery recently? No. Well, he, he did. He, he was actually uh, held up, and they. Uh, um, I don't know if it was being held up or if it was just like a gang initiation kind of thing, but he ended up getting shot three times. Jesus and Christ. How's he doing? He's okay now. He's, he's recovering. He's a tough bastard, you know. Uh, but, he, you know, he had to have a bunch of surgeries. Um, his, he was there with his son, actually. His son probably saved his life. Cause, uh, you know, there was a struggle there, and, and his son, Freddie, came around the car, and, and uh, jumped on the other guy, and they, they just, you know, beat these guys up and had them run away. And, uh, and then we couldn't stop the back, so. Yeah. At least, uh, at least they're bad. But it was just, you know, it was just a real senseless thing, you know. He was coming out of the gym with his son, and these two guys roll up on him and end up shooting him. Wow. Wow, that's a that's a bummer of a thing. I'm glad that he's I'm glad that he's back and healthy and and uh, and I wish you I wish you all the best, man. I I I hope that hope that you get on a speedy path to recovery as soon as you get those shoulders taken care of. And I look forward to seeing what the next move is for Pete Williams. Awesome. I will be sure to let you know. You'll you'll see it. I, I, uh, thanks for everything, man. Thanks for the interview. Hope you. Uh... Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you so much, Pete. Bye, man. We'll talk to you later. That's the end. No, we it. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Lake of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlakehooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.